This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 20, Q&A with Becky Squared. Whoop, whoop! Welcome back. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and my co-host, Becky Profit. Although I feel a little bit more like Harry Potter, because yes, once again, we're recording (laughs) from the comfort of the cupboard under the stairs. Just kidding. Just in my closet. <laughs> and why wouldn't we? Don't I know. we sound amazing? It really is so, so good. When you are surrounded with this many clothes, all of the sound is absorbed and you don't hear a single echo. And that is kind of amazing. And so, it's cozy. It is darn stinking cozy. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, we could use some chairs. We could use some chairs. <laughs> Our behinds might be a little numb, but it's all good. All for the love of serving you guys. That That's is right. why we're here. All right. Let's hear a word from this week's sponsor. If you watch my Instagram stories, you may have caught me sharing about a brand new app called Prism. And you may have noticed that I got a little emotional about it. She sure did. (laughs) Like, what was that about? You guys, it's not even my app. But here's the thing. I really feel the spirit of this app. I feel the vision that the app's creators had in mind. The vision Becky's talking about is that this new social app where you can authentically share your story and connect with those you care about. What is so different about Prism? It's threefold. Tell your story, connect with others, and create communities. Here's the deal. Each individual post can be made public, private, or personal, so you can totally control who sees what. The storytelling that you do stays in true chronological fashion, including the ability to adjust date and timestamps so that you can keep things in the order that you intend them to be while you preserve your stories. Here's the best part. Are you ready for this? No algorithm. No ads. No numbers. (sighs) No addictive features that keep us on our phones for too long. Yes. No more coming across nasty content that you don't want for yourself or your family. Mm -hmm. Can I get an amen? Amen. Join the movement to take back the positive power of tech and to enable real connection through stories. Download Prism for free at Mm -hmm. the App Store. And I know they're working hard on the development of it for Android, too. For more info, visit www.prism.com. That's Prism, P-R-I-X-M. So 20 episodes in, should we yeah, celebrate yeah. another, like, podcast anniversary? I feel really great about it. <laughs> Feels like the first one every time. Well, it does. No, I'm way less nervous now. Yeah, actually, me that too. That first one was, I listened back and I feel, I, I remember feeling so awkward. Oh, Just man. Just awkward. The worst. For real. I mean, you put yourself in front of a microphone and you and I both have had plenty of experience with presenting in classes or right. teaching or whatever. But like, I don't know. Podcast world was brand new to both of us. And mm-hmm. it felt like what's it called? Crafting Corner on SNL, which we've brought up like a bazillion times, <laughs> which I am promising we will link in show notes for this episode, which we've never promised before. But I felt like the ladies that were like, hey, how about this? Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> So I'm glad to be on episode 20, and I am glad for 20,000 more. <sighs> Let's do it. Okay. Well, so this one's kind of fun, right? It really is fun. Q&A with Becky Squared is really just, we just get questions all the time. We just get questions. Just, I mean, everybody gets questions, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's curious about how other people do things or what they think about certain things or whatever. Yeah. So we just thought it would be fun to do an episode that is a curation of all the randomness and mm-hmm. that we're... This, like, no theme here. Yeah. And like, we compiled these questions from Instagram, Facebook, from emails. podcast comments, emails, from all the things. So these are a compilation yeah. of apparently the things you want to know. And these, might I add, are some really good questions. There were I'm pretty impressed questions. with you. And with you guys. There's no order to this. Can I nope. just... We decided that with all of the preparation that we do for pretty much... Well, not pretty much. For every single episode of the podcast, this was one that we literally thought, let's just gather these questions yeah. and show up and let's just see what comes out of our mouth. I know. So buckle up. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. In advance, maybe. Okay. Uh, we'll see how it goes. So no particular order, right? Yes. Okay, and we are not going to also say the names. No. Because let's protect it's just really confusing. Innocent. And some of these are really complicated. <laughs> so we're just going to call you the every person. How about that? The every person All is right. wondering. Okay. So are you ready? Yes. Buckle up. All right. Let's First do it. question is, okay. they want to know what the morning and evening routine of our families are for bonding time. Mm. Bonding. Bonding. So not just How routines. do we bond as a family? Okay. How do we have routines? How do we bond as a family? Are we creating things? Are we playing? Are we eating together? What are we doing as a family to bond? Okay. Do you want to go first or me? 
Yes, I will go first. Okay. Okay. Some things that we do together as a family. For me, routine is big. And for my children, I have found that when they know what to expect, Mm -hmm. um, it is a much better experience for all involved. Um, If I am rushed, I seem to lose that piece of the connection. And it becomes about the task at hand and the thing. And that's when I kind of get into like, nah, this isn't so much fun anymore. Sure. So some things we do to bond. Okay. Um, Sundays mm-hmm. are our day where we don't have sports. We don't have, we have church and we try to keep that day pretty clear. Um, I've mentioned this before and it sounds really dumb, but it has been something we have done that has really caused some great bonding moments. So then it's not dumb. Why are you disclaiming with dumbness? Because it seems like one of the, I say that a lot, like, oh, that's stupid. That's dumb. I no. need to stop that. Yes, I need to stop saying stop that because this is not dumb. It's actually cool, but it was something we kind of happened upon by necessity. Um, during my cancer treatment last year, I've talked about this before. We, um, decided the kids had to fold their own laundry because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I seem to like wash 10 to 12,000 loads of laundry a day. <laughs> and that laundry no, pile, I feel like I'm folding all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just couldn't do it anymore and during that treatment period. And so I would get the laundry cleaned, and then on Sundays we would bring out the huge laundry pile, and the kids would each take all their own things out of it. We would sort it, and we would fold it. And as we're each folding our perspective pile, we'd either watch a movie or chat or talk. And the kids have a love-hate relationship with this because they say that they hate it still, Mm -hmm. but I think secretly they've come to love it because Uh they know it's that (laughs) sit-down family time that we do every Sunday night, folding of the laundry. Um, She asked about eating. We try to make it a huge priority to eat dinner together. You guys are really good about this, aren't you? We are. uh, Are You make me feel bad right now. No, of course not. No, actually, we're getting better. A few things we did that helped is we used to make dinner time six o'clock. That didn't work. Holy Activities cow. start because it just, by the time six o'clock rolls around, like you are on to the nighttime things. Yeah. We moved our schedule ahead mm-hmm. to five o'clock dinner times. Okay. Um, my husband kind of altered his work schedule, went in a little earlier, came home a little earlier. And so we have dinner at 5 p.m. every night. Okay. I do not cook <laughs> every single. Away. It's Listen, it's not a perfect situation, but at least I would say four days a week, mm-hmm. we sit down to dinner together mm-hmm. and at least have mm-hmm. that interaction, which is like 20 minutes long, but still, which is awesome. It's good when we can do it. And I can really tell a difference when we're not doing it. Yes. So it's something that's a really big priority to us. Yeah. Now let me piggy- piggyback on that. Cause I have such admiration for that, um, consistency. We have always known that we can never have consistency on timing and that right. is due a uh, completely based on my husband's work totally different right? situation yeah. there so he work. obviously he's in the operating room every day and that you... would be a poor decision for him to check out early because you needed out dinner <laughs> excuse me can you just like I let know. the patient go because we're gonna need we you to just to wrap this up sir okay <laughs> so you take the combination of his inconsistency in terms of when he's available to arrive home and you combine that with sometimes the craziness of like me running a business by the way like mm-hmm. there's also that and then of course the kids schedules and things like that so what and you, you know, and I've talked about this before about the concerns that I have with like consistency and like not feeling as good about my own homemaking skills of being regular about homemade meals on the table every day. Um, so what we've decided and what I'm realizing even more recently is that I am so much better about meals on the table when I remember that there are convenient solutions out there. In oh, other A words, to the men's okay, but I know where you're going. To mm-hmm. get there because in my mind, I grew up with an incredible mother who had a homemade dinner on the table almost every night, like from scratch. Right. Like, and I'm talking like fried chicken from scratch. Like she made everything from scratch. So even though I know it is 2019, right. I am a modern mom. Like I, I know that times are different and she didn't run a business. She volunteered the heck out of her life and spent a lot of time doing other amazing things. Right. So she was just as busy as I am now, but she still pulled that off. So I've carried around some guilt, not for right. her, of course, but like myself going, crap, that's the, that's the bar that I compare myself to. Right. Well, I forget sometimes that you actually can like open a bag of a frozen something or another and put it in the oven and it's quite delicious and it may not be the most healthy option because there are preservatives, but you know what? Guess what? We got some nutrition happening. It's happening. We're eating. It's It's all about the effort and what you're creating and what you're really, even if you think about it, trying to create from what your mom did for you. It's not about the deliciousness of her fried chicken. It's about that moment and the love. And so for your kids, that may not look like, you know, fresh rolls and pot roast and all the things every night. Um, that doesn't diminish the love that you're showing well, the with the effort you put forward. Well, let's just be right? honest. They're not always like, yay, 
yay, dinner. They are still on the stage of complaining sometimes about what they see David and I prepare. That is shocking. Right? Like, it's just, it's My kind children of never do that. So it's not like it motivates me. But yeah. anyway, back to the question and the way I will answer that is I just wanted to, first of all, chime in with my perspective on that because we do have different lifestyles in terms of like that right regularity, right. like ability. What that works kind of for you guys. Yes. But one thing that we do to connect as a family that is a regular thing, and we're not perfect, but we definitely put forth the effort, is where we are consistent is when you get close to bedtime. People you are, are not You guys are great about this. Well, we're, we try. Bedtime really is try. your jam, though. So um, we try every day to read scriptures as a family. And mm-hmm. so, and what that looks like in, in our season lately is that we actually use an app that reads it out loud, which allows us to um, listen that way instead of everyone with books open and reading right. it out loud. I mean, mm-hmm. like it does, there's no wrong way to read scriptures. There's just not. Absolutely. If you're reading God's word, you're reading God's word. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing it this way. And it's actually really cool because then we, we pause it and we discuss and we talk and we talk and discuss about like, did I just say that twice? Talk and discuss and pause and discuss and talk. Hey, there's a lot of pausing and discussing and talking and all those are great things. And we discuss and talk. And talk and discuss. About how the scriptures relate to like current issues and things that we're facing right Right. now. It's really cool. And then we always, 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 um, after we're done, we say a prayer together as a family, as Mm -hmm. I'm sure your family does as well. And we pray at night and that brings us together. And then, and then yes, everyone kind of splits up and starts heading to bed, but I for sure make the rounds and I kiss every one of my kids. Good night. I, I say, tuck them in. I'm not laying in bed with my 16 year old. Like burritoing him into the bed. (laughs) Snug as a bug in his rug. Yeah. What's the snug as a bug in a rug. Um, no, but I do do that with our 10 year old. He still lets me. And right. but I, I, I tuck them in, whatever that means, um, every night. And that is a routine that keeps me close that I love. And there's, there's more, but I think that's, I think we got to like, good answer. with our answers. I know. Oh my gosh. We're going to okay. delve in. Okay. Next question. Yes. So the new home centered church supported curriculum, how will that look in our families? And let me give anyone a backstory who doesn't Context. understand what we're talking about. What is this? Um, our church recently has shortened the amount of time we spend in the physical church building. Um, and it has gone from a church centered curriculum to a home centered curriculum Very where it's cool. home centered church supported. Yes. So amazing. Yeah. But don't worry, they're not leaving us without tools. We have handbooks and study guides and all these things that help us to implement this in our homes. It's awesome. So for us, this is how we do it. So we are studying the New Testament, which Mm -hmm. I say is like the greatest thing ever because Mm -hmm. you learn about Jesus Christ from his very best friends, his inner circle. You learn the characteristics of Christ. You learn how he acted, what he did, who he served. You just really get to delve in and know your Savior, which has been a real treat for us. Mm -hmm. We love it. And so, that guidebook is there to, like, with just within a few pages, kind right. of point out specific scriptures, mm-hmm. specific stories, asking questions and prompts for you to discuss as a family. Yeah, gets you started. Really cool. So for us, um, we, for scripture study, kind of like Becky was saying for dinner, we have found a lot of failure with making it be a specific time. Mm-hmm. Because end of the night, I feel like we're all coming in at different times. So we have a goal time, but it's like give or take an hour, let's be honest. But we make sure we get it done before they go to bed. It's a short 15-minute. We have made it very um, non-pressure, I guess I would say, is where it's not like get everything out with your highlighters and your thinking caps. And so how we do it um, and how it's worked best for us and our kids is at that time of night, all the kids come in our room. We all pile in our bed with our manuals. We read the scriptures and we talk about it. And it's very low-key. But it gets done every night and the kids aren't dreading it because it's not like we're putting this high expectation of like you know, this huge experience. It's just for us about that little moment. And we cover one section per day. Okay. And then on Sundays, we come home from church and we have a round um, table in our kitchen. And so we call it the proud fits of the round table. Love it. Our cute little Jameson (laughs) made that little phrase up last week. And we put a huge plate of nachos out and we do our more involved lesson at that time. But even that, it's not like two hours. It's just... However long it needs to be. And yeah. we talk and connect and ask questions. And that's it's awesome. awesome. I am in love with this new curriculum. I am too. I'm really, I, I'm going to give a little bit of a, di- a different answer. First of, first of all, for those of you who don't know, because I want to clarify, people are like, well, what church are you even talking about? Right. We both belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That is the full proper name of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and this curriculum, I agree with Becky completely. Like, I feel like it is completely inspired. It has us all looking at reading from 
loving the Bible more this year than we ever have before because we're we're just it's almost like we're wearing a fresh clean pair of glasses. Yes, it is. It's really really cool. But what I want to say is, and and I may be relating to a lot of people with this, is we're still figuring it out what mm-hmm. our groove is. We are definitely not doing this every night because we have focused on reading from the Book of Mormon every night. Mm -hmm. But we also love this curriculum, and, of course, we want to do that. And so what we're kind of falling into is more of, like, once a week on Sunday after church – and before people are super tired at night is we're right. studying that that next week's lesson mm-hmm. and, and the chapter and the scriptures and the references and things like that. Right. And so for us, we're trying to find our groove with what that is. And it's not around the kitchen table. Like you said, it's not with books open and highlighters and right. pens. But we are sitting around in the family room. And we're, we're casual, but we're just trying to, like, everyone's taking turns reading different parts, and we're just talking about it. Yeah. So it's just discussion. It's just conversation. And um, I love that somebody asked about this. I we know. do have some listeners that are members of the same church that we belong to, and, of course, many listeners who are not. And we know that most women and most listeners that are here listening to the podcast are are women mostly of faith in general. And so even though we belong to a specific church and have the specific thing going on, we hope that everyone considers ways that they can um, think more uh, intently about how they can study God's word in their homes and in their families. And maybe the takeaway here is don't have like an image of your mind of what it should look like or sound like or feel like yeah because that's when you run into trouble right and really just take the time to try some things out and see what's working and connecting with your family because you can teach them all you want but if you're not connecting that's not not doing the best job so my wise friends told me lydia told me years ago and it has always stuck with me the goal is always the same how you accomplish it accomplish it is Mm -hmm. always going to adjust yeah and so if the goal is to bond as a family and to increase your faith together that is always the goal how you do it what that looks like how often you might study scriptures together or when you pray or what time or in which are you and becky you and you guys are in yours and taylor's bed we might be sitting around the family room somebody might be at the kitchen table somebody might go for a drive and discuss gospel topic like doesn't matter the goal is the same how you get there many ways to skin a cat well that's the other way to say it you silly girl okay (laughs) moving on to question three how do we keep our kids busy in the summer I actually have a very regimented plan in the summer I knew you would I knew Um, you would our answers are going to be so different (laughs) for my children and to be honest for myself yep I do not thrive in situations where there is complete lack of structure unless, and this is going to sound so like uptight, it's intentional lack of structure. Okay. So we totally have intentional lack of structure. Vacations, like like we have intentional lack of structure. For summertime, I have found with my kids that they can identify why they're being grumpy and unruly at times. Mm -hmm. And usually it is because the structure has gone out the window and they're just feeling like bleh. Mm -hmm. And so it's been very important to me to like check those boxes. And Mm -hmm. since I started doing this, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago, it has greatly helped. So my kids do a chore every single day of the entire year, their entire life, minus their birthday. Oh my Christmas, (laughs) every single day. And it's not that we need chores done. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, oh, there's nothing for you to do. And then I make something up. Because sure. for us, it's very important to have that consistent expectation of a chore, and they are well trained to know what to do. So we have them sure. un- un- unload the dishwasher, other you know, amongst other things. Making sure I keep my chore chart up to date, you know, fresh and new in the summertime is very important. Another thing I have done is we have put our kids in an early morning swim team program, mm-hmm. so it starts you know, summertime, early morning, like eight o'clock or something. And so every one of my kids has participated in this from the age of three on Mm -hmm. and they go in and it's like an hour and they do their little swim team laps and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they come home and do their chore. And after that, they've had physical activity. They've eaten a healthy breakfast. They've done their chores. I'm a lot more um, willing to let them decide the rest of their day, but they have a much better attitude and they approach the rest of the day better. I like it. And so that is how we have always done our summer times. I love that. What about you? Complete opposite. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I love about us is when I, I, like, I knew when I saw that question, I'm like, I know exactly how he's going to answer that. And I didn't even know what it was, but I just knew it would have to do with structure because I know that that works for your family. I know that. Like, I know that and, and I believe, I, th- I think we all know and recognize that most kids thrive with structure. Yeah. It's very valuable. It's very important. As my kids have gotten older, what we have learned is that the opposite is where we thrive best. And oh, so 
interesting. Summer, yes, and I really mean this. Yeah. Summer, those precious two months where we have no school and we stay out of sports with intention, unless they are like getting ready for a fall season or whatever, and they have right. practices that start yeah. earlier. Um, but my kids thrive on on time to just be, mm-hmm. just to chill, just to decide they're going to go to the park or just decide right. that they're going to be on their phone for an hour or just decide to get a friend and have them come over or just decide to whatever. Right. And so we really fly by the seat of our pants a lot in the summer and it makes all of us very, very happy. And we travel a lot. Okay. We live in Arizona. Yeah, we do too. It is stinking hot. It's so hot. And yeah. so our desirous um, time of leaving the state is always going to be in the summer. And so we get out of here and we go yeah. north. We head two hours north to the mountains. Mm-hmm. I know you guys like to go up to Flagstaff as well. Yeah. And there's that, but we also try to get out of the state or sometimes out of the country and, um, and just travel. And so that is why there's just no structure because it makes sense for our family. And my kids will tell you their very favorite thing to do as a family is chill. Yeah. It, we are not a big game family. I actually wish we were. I'm right. the only one in the, my family who's like, <laughs> let's play games. Yeah. And I don't want to force them to do that. And so yeah. I've learned that with structure. Um, yes, they have their chores for sure. I, we're like, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, not every single day, well, but not pretty Sundays. much every, we don't do chores yes. Sundays. Yeah, except but pretty laundry. much every day, um, everyone's showing up and being responsible for something, and we always have that going. Yeah, but pretty much we're just hanging out and slow in our roll. See, and it feels and good. It's interesting you bring that up because some of our kids, our older ones especially, because yeah. Becky's kids are a few years older than mine, older than mine, and they have expressed interest in wanting to do that, and said, so, "Do we have to this year?" And mm-hmm. so I think as my kids get older mm-hmm. and the need for structure becomes less and less, I think that that will probably shift. Well, and maybe it just is you start that with a family council, mm-hmm. a family conversation. You just you you you're the mom and the dad who can just bring it up and say, "What do you guys think about this?" We have found value in structure. Mm-hmm. We think that these are good ideas. You guys have thrived. We've always had amazing memorable summers. Right. Now that you're getting older, what do you guys think? What, you know, and it doesn't mean that what they say goes. It means that they are valuable in their insights. Right. They have input. They totally do. So it's going to say, "Can you keep it together if we don't do the swim team?" <laughs> exactly. Can you? That's really the question. Right. All right, next question. What is it? It's what do you do to develop your kids' interests, and how does that change as they get older, or do we try to guide their interests? Well, we have always been open to letting the kids try different things. Um, we, I'm grateful to have the resources to be able to say, sure, if you want to try that sport, sure, if you want to try that hobby. Mm-hmm. And um, for a while, I'll be honest, and I really felt concerned that none of our kids seemed to be sticking with a certain thing. And that's a societal pressure, let's be honest. Um, right. Like, I grew up doing a little bit of everything. I yeah, really... being a well-rounded individual. Isn't that a novel concept? <laughs> I love that you put it that way because I didn't feel that way as a young mom. I felt mm-hmm. that way as a girl, as a teenager. I grew up in a small town, and so I had yeah. every opportunity in front of me, and I could pretty much do whatever I wanted because there wasn't, you know, I didn't have thousands of kids to compete with. Right. I just didn't. And so I understood the value in that, but somehow as a young mom, I lost sight of that, which meant that as my kids were bouncing from thing to thing and they were just doing that sport and that thing and whatever, I found myself going, oh, snap, like, these other kids are sticking with their sport and they're in club this and club that and they're doing this and they're on this traveling team and it's not like I was comparing my kids but I did feel concerned like is mm-hmm. that what I'm supposed to be doing because what right. if they don't if they don't stick with something and get really really good at the certain thing then there's right. like no chance for a scholarship right mm-hmm. I'd love for my kids to have scholarships so um, but you know it's better than a scholarship tell me a childhood that is not pressured and yeah. families that aren't. I kind of laugh yeah. at the scholarship thing because this sporting thing has been a real like thorn in my side, specifically mm-hmm. with sports. I think we put so much pressure and there's this culture with kids now yeah. that when you have an interest, it has to be mm-hmm. like all the way. Like you could do this professionally mm-hmm. when really like when I played soccer, I stunk at soccer. Like I was real bad. But I tried it, and it was something I tried. And then I sure. played basketball, and I did swim team, which I did for longer. And I, you know, I, I did theater throughout my youth, like my whole my whole life, which was great. But I kind of like I feel bad for our kids a little bit, and especially particularly in Arizona. Hmm. At, by the age of ten, if you're not in like a club organization, which mm-hmm. is like the more intense level of sports, and it's expensive and a lot more time, and you almost don't have a prayer of like making a high school team. And it's kind of sad it's to weird. me to watch that shift go uh-huh. away out west. From well-rounded kids to, like, these kids have to know what they want to do when they're 8, 9, 10 years old. Yeah. And so it's hard. For us, we have 
always tried to help them to cultivate things. We've made all of our kids start piano. Not all of them have stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Um, We do really push that, though, Mm -hmm. um, especially when they're younger. Which they can come over to my house and play the piano anytime. That's because right. Because we're all music dropouts at my house. And, and to be honest, <laughs> right, right now we, we are too. And yeah. Weston is probably our most proficient piano player. He's actually a beautiful player. But he actually started looking up like videos on YouTube and stuff. Because that just structure was not serving him for anymore. For Piano playing? Yeah. For like just yeah. different songs and, sure. and technique and whatever. Um, so it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because yeah. my kids do tend to want to quit hard things I mean they're kids and that's very normal so it is a fine line of like um you know your kid signs up for a sport it ends up being really hard and maybe they're not good at it initially and I think that's where a lot of it came from for our kids is Mm -hmm. wait I'm not perfect at this right away like what you know what I mean and so we have made them stick with those sports till the end of the season till the end of whatever their commitment was um we haven't pushed them to go beyond that yeah but I yeah. mean, I'm going to be honest with certain ones of my kids. I'm like, you're very good at that. Wow, you should really – I do try to talk up what I what I think they're very good at. But, no, ultimately it has to be their decision because I can force them to do I whatever agree. I want. But they're going to be miserable and they're going to quit anyways. Well, and the last thing you want is your child being combative and defiant and resentful. That would be the key word. You don't want your child resenting you for you – putting on them what you think they're supposed to do and so this is our role I believe as parents is to encourage our kids and to validate them and to entice them to like try different sports and activities Mm -hmm. and musical instruments and whatever but really it they have to have ownership Mm -hmm. of what they're doing and I do want to agree with you also like we don't want to encourage them to be quitters either. And so I do like what you said. Oh, yeah. That's how we've been mm-hmm. as well. Like, at least they've got to finish the season. At least they've got to, you know, finish out the whatever course that they're in. Mm-hmm. And then they can decide, you know, just yeah. just so they give it a fair chance. Yeah. Great question. Good one. Okay, next question. How do we pull our kids out of a pouty attitude moment? Ooh, I got it. Do it, girl. <laughs> Tell me. You have to remember, Becky and I didn't like look at these questions ahead of time and take notes and think no, about this deeply. These are like we're shooting from the yes. head here. Yeah, we are. Okay, so you know our kids never get in sulky pouty moods ever. Mine so. as well. I know. I'm not not sure. What, I'm not sure what you mean by sulky attitude. It's a very, very foreign concept. to me. Another way to put it is salty, sassy, saucy, saucy, spunky. Okay, so when my kids get into this attitude, and I can tell that there's actually something I can remind them about. I do remind them that they are in charge of their feelings. I remind them of the ownership that you and I both know as adults that we do have. We have a power. We have a complete control over our thoughts. So yes, other people can tick us off. Yes, things can go awry. Yes, we can do poorly on a test. Yes, that friend can offend us and hurt our feelings. Things happen every day to everyone, Mm -hmm. but I get to control my thoughts. And so... Just like we talked about in the story of BH episode 18, and I was talking about some hard circumstances and some issues that came up. I was in control of of looking at the situation and finding the blessings in it. What am I learning from this? How can I come out stronger and better and more wise out of the situation? I think reminding our kids that they have full control over their um, thoughts, which then affect our emotions, emotions, which then affect our actions, is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Good answer. Well, mine's thanks. a little sillier, but <laughs> yeah. So yes to all of what you said. Okay. But in so we do two things with our kids. Number one is um, for my kids, very strong personalities. I know that's shocking because I am such a wilted flower, <laughs> but very strong personalities. And so I've had to learn different techniques so it doesn't become about a power struggle. Mm. Um, important. Yes. Yeah. Learning to harness your emotions is a really, really important thing. Yeah. And so we will do something called a 10 second reset Ooh. where as soon as that little saucy comes mm-hmm. out, we'll say, Kate, you need to go to a 10 second reset. And they know exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. And they sigh at me and turn and walk away and then take 10 seconds is it and different? try it again. Is it different for everybody? Or does everyone do the same thing in those 10 seconds? No, and I don't even care what they do. I don't care if they go to the room. Okay. I don't care if they go outside. Jameson so will different. go jump on the trampoline. Okay. You know, or just, it's just that thing to say like, Kate, you approached that wrong. Take a step back. Let's try that again. Love it. And so it's not a punishment. It's just a, here's your second chance. Mm-hmm. Make it count. The second thing I do, which my kids love slash hate, is we do a lot of singing. And I will like mm-hmm. make up little songs. So if they're in a funky mood... I just make up a little song and sing to them and they like, 
But then they start laughing. And once you get that smile on their face, they they know, like, okay, I was just being grumpy. I don't do that as often as you do. But when I do that, once in a blue moon, you see the the little light corner of their mouth go up. And you're like, okay. I got them. I got them. Yeah, exactly. They might pretend like they're still, like, upset or whatever. But we got them. It's good. I love that. Hey, next question. Um, She would like to know how podcasts work. Do we make money? How is it earned? Is it from sponsors? That's a great question. We are rich. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally joking. Do you love how loud I, I laughed? <laughs> um, no. That's so a great question. There's actually a lot of different ways to do podcasts. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess sure. it would depend on what the point of your podcast was, if, yeah. if it was attached to a business or not. Um, and, and it's so, worth saying, sorry yeah. to interrupt, no, it's go worth for it. saying that I think that, you know, what, we're 20 episodes in, mm-hmm. maybe when we get to like 200, I know. <laughs> we'll be worthy of an entire episode that will really walk you guys through everything. Because, I mean, we're only, we're barely into this, really, it's right. in its infancy still. And we have learned so much. And I believe, we believe that when you learn a wealth of knowledge and you figure things out, yeah. you're supposed to share that. Right. Like you really should share that with people. So I, I didn't really mean 200, but maybe eventually we'll do yeah. a whole episode. Just about things we've learned. All things podcast. Right. So back to what you were saying. Yes. So for us, yeah. our podcast, so it, when you make money off your podcast, it's called monetize. And so if you monetize your podcast, it means that you have collaborations with businesses that pay you a sponsorship fee. We decided long ago that, yes, to cover the cost of the podcast, mm-hmm. because in order to start a podcast correctly, equipment, mm-hmm. um, there's someone on the the, we have the somebody, back end yeah. that doesn't edit, but just kind of pieces together the ad with yep. the music, with um, the hosting service, just all those mm-hmm. little details. By the way, I pay Becky to exist in the BH organization. One million dollars. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she does. So I am an employee like, of, so of BH. I'm on the BH the team. Correct. Like, all of the expenses add up. And so... And and if you listen to episode one, you know the story of why the podcast even even exists. Right. And it is because we know that it's supposed to be a right. thing. And we both felt completely directed to do this. And so in order to justify that, we had to make sure that it made sense from a business standpoint. So mm-hmm. you take the spiritual combined with the logical combined right. with the financial. Yeah. And we knew from the very beginning, like Becky was saying, before I rudely interrupted her. <laughs> Quite all right. Go for we, it. We do this regularly to one another, but it had to make sense, right? And so from a business standpoint, um, not only does it make sense financially to monetize the podcast, mm-hmm. but my entire career, which I'm sitting on like 23 years now, I have I'm always... sitting on like four months. <laughs> Booyah! We have always, I, I have always, as a person, as a brand... Even back in the days of, you know, being an employee with Creating Keepsakes, I have always been in the business of collaborative relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, the, in, it's that theory of we all rise together. We all right? rise together. And Becky and I and the entire BH team, we have such a love and respect for so many different individuals, brands, companies that we want to share about. And so you take the business aspect the financial component of it, and you take the heart and soul of who we are and mm-hmm. how much we love relationships and how much we love boosting other businesses, and you put those together, and yeah, we're monetizing the podcast because it makes right. sense. And so the way that works with the nuts and bolts is that when you hear us have an ad on at the top of the show, I think most of you already know this, but that that company would have paid for the ad in some form or another, mm-hmm. and, um, and then we also have affiliate codes that we share, and the way that works... Um, with in terms of most affiliate marketing in general is we share a code like Becky 10, use Becky 10 at checkout, you save 10%. So you just won. And that company just won because they got marketing. another customer. Right. Yep. And then we win because we actually get that a, a small kickback from the company for everyone that shops with that link. So there now you know all of our podcast secrets. That's right. You're welcome. So there's many different <laughs> ways to do it. That's how we do it. Are we getting rich off the podcast? That's um, a big fat heck to the no. no. But that's not the point. That's not the point of that's our right. podcast. Although I'm sure there are ways to get rich off podcasts. I'm sure there are. We don't we know just don't know any of those I ways. Mean, <laughs> if you know the ways, point us. It's fine. But, yeah. That's not the point of our podcast. It isn't. And it's really important to emphasize that because as as we were saying earlier, we had to justify the expense of the podcast. We knew it made sense, but we're not in the business of and never have been in the business of how can we make the most money? That has never been our purpose. It's never been my purpose. And I never wanted to be the reason that we do anything. Right. And we hope 
that you feel that and all that we do. So there you go. And we'll do a whole podcast episode sometime and share all the nitty gritty details. The nitty gritty. I bet we have a few listeners thinking that maybe this is going to be something in their future. And maybe they should. That'd be And really I will cool. listen. And, and I will encourage it. Yes. It's so fun. All right. Next question. Yep. What time do we go to bed and what time do we wake up? Okay. Can we make this a quicker answer? Yes. <laughs> We're so long-winded. Yes, we are. Uh, you, you first. I go to bed approximately 10-ish okay. on a good day. Why are you, like, hesitating? Because I really, the, the bedtime is a sliding scale. Okay. I try to never go that long without getting eight hours most nights. Yeah. And, and so if I have had a few nights where I'm, like, later, 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 which happens <coughs> all the time for a variety of sure, reasons, sure. I will even go to bed a little earlier than that, like, mm-hmm. right after the kids go down just because Beautiful. I need to catch up. Yeah. Sleep is a very important thing. And for everybody, by for the way. everybody, like you can't even believe how much it affects your health, right? And and, and your productivity, and your productivity, yeah. and all of that. So when I get up, up every morning at six a.m. Okay. and I think that's about to get earlier now that I have a little little turkey going into high school next year. Yeah. So yeah. I may be getting up earlier next year to kind of get up with him, and because mm-hmm. um, he'll have an earlier schedule. But right now, let's call it ten to six. Okay. All right. How about you? Um, It changes depending on the season. So I'm in a season of being a little bit closer to better sleep right Mm -hmm. now, which is really important to me as well. Um, And so I think I'm probably asleep by 10 or 1030-ish. Yeah. And I am up anywhere between 5 and 6. Yeah. It depends. It depends on what's going on for sure. And my kids. Yeah. And sometimes I need to get up earlier and work on something before. And I try actually to read scriptures and, and have quiet time just to myself on most mornings. Yeah. And so I build that in. But I want to say something about this. The other day, my we were David and I were going to bed, and I was like, my eyes were about to be shut completely when mm-hmm. my friend Amber texted me and said, you guys do know that This Is Us just came back on, right? The new season started. <gasps> I still have it recorded and haven't even watched it yet. It's so good. So This Is Us is a show, and it's like the only show, I mean, literally the yeah. only show that I'm really watching these days. And, you know, we've had a break from the holidays, and they you know, launched a new season. And so when Amber texted me, David and I looked at each other like, should we watch it? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we both, it's actually the yes. show that we both like, right? Yeah. Well, the point of the story is we watched the episode. We loved it. We got to sleep too late. And the next morning happened to be an, an extra early morning for both of us. Right. I paid for it. Yeah. I, that's it didn't no fun. feel good the next day. And so I'm not saying I regret it because sometimes you just got to do Let's what's be fun, honest. Right. We're not getting any younger. This is not getting this easier. This is true. I can't run on that four hours in a prayer like I no. used to. And back in the earlier days of the business when my babies were babies too, like I really could survive on three or four hours of sleep. And I just can't anymore. I am not a spring chick. So anyway, wow. So I guess we can't keep our answer short. We, it's not possible. It's part <laughs> we, of our charm. Okay, uh, next question. Yeah. How does Becky P <coughs> stop her eye makeup sorry, from Nicole. moving from her eyelids to underneath her eyes during the course of the day? I'm sorry. Does it look like my makeup is running down my you eyes? You are running. I'm just kidding. What no. the heck? Why is she pointing out your makeup? Because I, I think I'm good. love makeup. <laughs> Actually, this is true. I think we both are decent with makeup, but Becky actually like loves it. I love it. it. And it was part of my employment with Disney, and so I really, I love makeup. Yeah. I do. And you're really good at it. Oh, thanks. But mine, for the record, does not run down my face. No, it doesn't. And you have a good mascara. The key to your question (laughs) is, it's it's probably not your eyeshadow moving down um, your face. If it is your eyeshadow, you're using too much. So Mm -hmm. my suggestion would be, if, if you really feel like it's your eyeshadow... Invest in like a matte color pot because the the it is better to spend more money. I'm telling you, I have matte color pots that I've had for darn near seven years, which I know you're supposed to throw it away, which I never Whatever. will. But um, when the pigmentation is higher, you can use less product, so there's way less flaking. So that's tip number one. Tip number two, most people, when they have this problem with stuff going under their eyes, it's actually their mascara or their mm-hmm. eyeliner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love a lot of different kinds of eyeliner. And most of them now are pretty good without flaking. Um, now mascara. Okay. Mascara is where your problem is happening. I can almost guarantee oh, you. Wow. Becky is in here doing like yoga poses, by <laughs> you the way. Guys, okay? We told you that we're on the floor of Becky's closet, yes. right? Like We're in transition. It's fine. No, it's but, good. So I do not wear mascara on the daily on my lower lashes which mm. my lower lashes are like non-existent but I don't think you'd look at me and be like why doesn't she wear it on sure because no, it for me good. I it just does not work like there is no product that will stay 
on my lashes. I have a product that so does. So I just, I promise you it won't on me. Like it's something oh. about my, it just Maybe the oils won't. and the base I don't know. of your eyelashes. It or... is important to know. And I get so many makeup questions and so many eyelash questions yeah. and lip gloss questions. Yeah. I wear eyelash extensions. Mm-hmm. My eyelashes, I'm, I have blonde hair. My eyelashes are basically translucent. And, um, it has been one of those things like outsourcing dinners or house cleaning. It is just the thing that I do. Eyelash extensions. I have a girl. I will link her in show notes. She's amazing. She's inexpensive. She's wonderful. And I love it. Well, and I can literally go without wearing any makeup yeah. and be pretty okay. Yeah. So those are my tips. And I did extensions for a hot minute and I can't, I, yeah, was, you didn't love them. They yeah, were for I did you. It. They were, yeah. they were for me for a minute. And then I was like, I cannot keep up with the high maintenance, right. you know, but I, but I also keep up with my nails. Right. I don't skip a beat with my nails. Yeah. So priorities. Right. But, yeah. um, I do have a mascara that I absolutely love, mm-hmm. um, that I will link in the show notes. Cause yes. right now off the top of my head, I'm like, Oh, what's the name of that? But yeah. I don't want to screw it and up. And we so. actually are kind of preparing We've been thinking a lot about this makeup thing and a lot of the questions we've been getting. And so mm-hmm. we're kind of preparing to to share some more information with you about that. But So stay tuned. Yeah. You'll be hearing more about makeup from us very soon. Yeah. All sure. right. Next question. Why not? Because that has to do with cultivating a good life. Oh, because when real. you feel good about, mm-hmm. you know, yep. just emphasizing your features, mm-hmm. I don't think that any of us need makeup, right? No. I definitely emphasize that with uh, my But daughter. I don't wear makeup for anyone but me. Exactly. Like, Yeah. Yep. If you follow either one of us on social media, you know that and through the stories, we're all about sharing whatever we look like that day. Yep. It does not matter. All right. <laughs> That's next for question. sure. All right. How is it that we became such solid friends and now we're doing a podcast together? Ooh. So Good number question. one, I would say you don't have to be solid friends to do a podcast. We are solid friends. You think so? I totally think so. And oh. it might even be a cool thing to have people who aren't a solid friend with, you know, that totally could work too. So you don't okay. have to be solid friends to be a podcast, number one. I don't know if I would risk that. Oh, I totally would. I know you would. With the right person. Sure. But, but. I really like our podcast together. <laughs> so when I met Becky, we had, and we talked about this, I think, in episode one, but we kind of have a lot of common friends, and um, we are on kind of the periphery of each other's friend groups for a while. Yeah. Um, and when we finally met, when we met each other, I really did feel like, you know when you meet people and you feel like, okay, that person's going to be in my life. Like, mm-hmm. you just know it's someone that's going to be there for a while. I totally felt that way. And it's important to know, I'm not typically a person that's easy to get close to right away. Yeah. On a superficial level, yes. I yes. love having fun. I lo- I'm and open. And you can tell. I like, if it. you met Becky on the street, you yes. would be like, she's fun. She's, like, yes. a party. And she's super nice. And that's all great. But you're talking about on a real, I'm talking like, about more, deeper level yeah, personal below stuff. The it takes me a minute. That's mm-hmm. just part of my personality. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would say that we really became super close friends. Mm-hmm. Really in the months leading up to the podcast. Mm-hmm. But almost kind of after we decided to do it. Would you agree? Um, for sure. Yeah. There was right? a pivotal moment after we decided to do it, yeah. which is the crazy thing. And and by the way, back it up several months before we even knew that I, before I even knew I was doing a podcast, let alone inviting Becky to be a part of it, but we had traveled together mm-hmm. internationally. So Becky and her husband and David and me and two other couples, we went to Iceland on a whim. Totally. Like, you guys, when I say whim, like, like the group of people that th- we ended up going on that, it was the most random. It was so random that the Proudfits called us. Us at 11 o'clock when we were going to sleep and totally said, true. Um, how crazy are you feeling? Because there is some super cheap chip, cheap, cheap tickets. chips, <laughs> some cheap, cheap tickets. tickets to Iceland. Do you want to go? And we're like, uh, yeah, actually. It just and was so, crazy. It was crazy. So the point in bringing that up is like you travel together with anyone and you really get closer and that's all fine and good. But Becky's right. Like a lot of that closeness has come since we decided to do a podcast. And that's how I would answer the question. When The question is, how is it that you became such solid friends that you're doing a podcast together my answer in connection with everything else that we said is faith I had so much faith and felt so directed by God and in, in this relationship and this podcast and how it integrated with all things Becky Higgins with the company that I just I when you know you know and you guys listening you know certain things there are certain things that have just hit you where you know that you know that you know. And so I could never argue with that. So even though we had very little experience with each other, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. and even though 
I am incredibly protective of my business. Yeah. I knew that Becky was supposed to be a part of it through the podcast. And honestly, when we even did the podcast, I didn't even look at it in terms of like employment for her. She was for sure not looking for a job. Oh, no. For sure, I wasn't looking for someone else And to be honest, I wouldn't have said that I would have even brought value right. to BH because at that, like, I really, I, yeah. I just it's really not, didn't see it coming. Well, and it wasn't on your mind. What? Not at all. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Next question. Yes, ma'am. Becky, I'm in it. This is going to be one you could talk like four hours about. Oh, so, so I'm going to have to keep really, it really. Like, it in. Okay. 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 Becky Higgins. Yes. What will your next course be about? I can make that short. Good. I'm going to tell you right now. I didn't know that I was going to divulge a secret. I know. But As I'm reading this, I'm like, okay. okay. So the answer is that the next course, I believe, and don't like etch this in stone because what if we change our mind? I know. But don't send I, us hate mail if, yeah, we, if, don't. if it, this gets changed. But, but listen. I when, can tell you I know the topics for the next two and they both rule. So it's uh, fine. Well, I mean, every class that I have in my brain for the next 20 is really going to be a good idea. The BH classroom is just going to become amazing, more amazing. Okay. So um, when we surveyed our people mm-hmm. about classroom, before we even launched the classroom, we are going to do the class that was our, um, by a landslide, the number, number, number one. Mm-hmm. And that is digital photo organization. All things to do with what the heck am I doing with the 45,000 pictures of pictures on my computer. Or even on multiple drives, devices. Yes. Um, yeah. Phone, like this and that and the other. And, um, and we are going to figure out, we're in the thick of right now figuring out the very, very best and most effective and most helpful way that we can serve you through an online class that will just hold your hand and walk you through it. Now, it's worth noting, and that's the answer to the question, okay. it's worth noting that we do have a digitization service right. at digitalprojectlife.com. So if you're just like, I don't really want to learn. Yeah. I really just, just want to like, give it to you and have you do it. Seriously. Yes. And that's what it is. And our girl, Laurie, on the team is the one who does that. And she books up so fast. Oh, she does. She's awesome. And so because she's right now, it's brand new service and she's one person. But oh my goodness, if you want to hand your stuff over, and it's not just the digital organization if you want to send your boxes of photos or slides yeah, or whatever get we can get all scanned that scanned and, and organized as well so see i kept so that stay short. tuned lots of good things coming there yeah okay next question yes, ma'am. becky p what would you like to teach people who haven't experienced cancer yet based on your experience with it mm. well one i hope you never experience cancer yeah for one thing there. so but most people most people will are be touched affected. by or be affected by yes. cancer and if it's not the you, first thing someone really close i would you. say is for the love, please take the time to have screenings done, mammograms, pap smears, um, colonoscopies, all the things your doctor's recommending. You, you really need to go do those things. That really check made a difference. Oh, check your skin. Optometrist. Yes. All the things. Everything, guys. Um, that you're supposed to be doing. I know it's like kind of annoying to have to go do it, and especially when you're younger and feel like you have no family history. Yeah. You got to do it. I had no family history, and if I hadn't have had like regular paps, and I never had an abnormal pap, so mm-hmm. um, you can still have it even if you don't have any of those things. So first thing is encourage early detections key encourage it encourage your friends make it a party i'll go get your mammograms together and then go eat <laughs> hostess snowballs I that like look that like idea. boobs that, it's perfect just oh. make it fun get those things done encourage the people you love to get those things done um the thing about cancer the biggest thing that i learned that i would encourage other people is to be open with your struggle i'm not talking about to the public at large or in a way that feels not right to you but you have got to let people know what's going on I had to fight every urge to tell people, oh, I don't need dinners. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'll get my kids. Well, that's what we it, all We all do. tend to do that. Yeah. And um, I was chastised and told, like, stop <laughs> it. Stop doing that. And it was such a great turning point. Yeah. But more than that, more than getting dinners and that, I was able to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And relationships now of people that have served me through my cancer and been there for me now have been diagnosed with cancer. And I'm able to do the same thing for them. Yeah. But we have that relationship. So don't shy away from the connections that cancer can create. I love that. That would be my advice. I love that. And make okay. sure that you go back and listen to episode three. Yes. And whistling. we're going to have to do another. Uh, another one that has to whistle do with. Whistle your I'm, way through the tough stuff. Whistle while you work through the tough stuff. Yes. Yeah. And, okay. and it applies to so much more than just cancer. But we do it call does. it in, inside inside the you know closet that we're recording this. Yes. <laughs> we call it the cancer episode because the that is, episode. you know, kind of what. The first cancer episode. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot more to cover. And there's a lot more people that have awesome stories they need to share. For sure. One I have in particular. Ooh. Can't wait. Kim can kick it. I'm looking at you. Ooh. Okay. 
After you graduated college, were you 100% confident in what you wanted to do and where you wanted to be, or did you feel a little unsure and unprepared? Fantastic. They're assuming that we graduated from college. I know. Did you? I did not. You want to hear the story? Let's hear it. So I went to college. I'm from New York. I was in college in New York, and I went down um, on an internship to Disney World, and I was part of a program there called the College Program. So I worked in a lot of different things and ended up working for um, Disney's entertainment department for a few years. It was amazing, and I had a choice at the end of my internship to stay and go on as full-time and, or to go back to school. Just so I know, is this right out of high school? No, so I was I, high school, high college, school? Oh, went to college, and this was during college. Okay. It was my college internship. Okay. And to be quite honest with you, the job I had at Disney was a once-in-a-lifetime thing mm-hmm. that had an expiration date on it, and I thought, you know what? I'm Forget this. It. I'm doing it. I'm staying. Sure. So I ended up staying full-time with Disney Entertainment. Um, and then when I got married and had kids and left Disney, um, I did – I've continued kind of with studying a little bit here and there. The important thing to know is I used to really feel really bad about this. Hmm. And really right before this year, I was talking to Taylor. I'm like, I'm so close to finishing. I just have to finish up these last few things and get my degree. And he was like, but why? Hmm. And I said, because I want to be able to say, like, I did it. I finished. And he's like, right, but why? Like, what is that going to give you that, Mm -hmm. like... And for me, we decided, like, you know what? That was not something right now that I needed to do. Yeah. And so I have no bad feelings about the fact that I'm a college dropout because I've done lots of awesome things. Of course. And it is totally something I can go back to. I'm nearly done. Um, But I may not. It may not serve me. And that's okay. And it's important to bring that up. I'm glad that you did because there are a lot of people who are probably feeling guilt about, forget about college even specifically, but just who just didn't finish something right. or who haven't yet executed the thing that they thought that maybe they were supposed to do. Right. So we need to just squash all of the feelings of guilt and recognize that that doesn't come from a good place right. and really focus and hone in on the things that we're doing really well and that we have done well and that we should be pursuing. Right. Yeah. I love that. Um, I did get my degree. I did. But the, the backstory to that is that I majored in elementary early, early, wow. Early elementary education. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, thanks. It's like you were there. I but, was. No, but I was you weren't. In your heart. So it was ECE, a twinkle in your eye. childhood education. That's what it was. Um, and, and as soon as I realized that um, scrapbooking was a part of my working world because I was getting in with the creating keepsakes magazine and all of that. Listen to episode 18 for the whole story of BH. Um, but when that happened, I just did not, I didn't want to be in school anymore. I did not want to be in school anymore. I wanted to work. I wanted to provide, um, creative inspiration for people and all of that. And so the answer to that question is I kind of did know, but it wasn't at all what I was planning. So Mm -hmm. as soon as I recognized the whole scrapbooking thing was happening, I dropped my emphasis of early childhood and I just did a straight up, um, AKA faster mm-hmm. degree of family science. And I did finish my degree and that's another story for another day. Cause it's actually quite comical how I finished the degree, but I got it because I do like to tie a bow on things. And because David's like, you can't go all the way without just right. finishing the last two classes. And I was right. like, you're kind of right. Yeah. But that's when I was getting into writing and publishing books and it was so right. hard to finish. But anyway, I finished and, but I knew in my heart of hearts that memory keeping and all things related to that was absolutely what I was supposed to be doing. I just had no idea going into college that that was going to be my whole life, right? See, look at that. Who knew? Who the heck knew? So were we confident in what we wanted to do? Heck to the no. Um, And it's probably changed a thousand times since then. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Give yourself a little freedom, though, to be open to the possibilities, right? But also pay attention to what you feel driven to do. Totally. And pursue those things that really you feel passionate about. Right. Yeah. All right. Next question. Becky P., have you always been this open and willing to share? Mm. What are your secrets to being vulnerable? Okay. So I am very open and willing to share most things. There are some things that I don't share except with very close people. That goes back to what I'm saying about it's it's actually a little difficult to get super close to me. I'm very guarded with certain things. Mm-hmm. I am open. I'm totally honest. I'm totally vulnerable. And I think since I've come into the podcast and been more active on Instagram and feeling like I really needed to put it out there on Instagram um, – I'm trying to be more intentional about making sure that I'm, I'm being honest to that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I am, I'm very open with everything. Mm -hmm. I'm just that way. And part of me, like really, I am just that way. Um, the, the second part of that was, is I have developed a self-confidence 
in my adult years, that has served me very well. I've always been confident. I've always known like you're a good person, all that stuff. But something clicked in me in my probably mid to late twenties that like, I really started telling myself like, dude, you rule and you have, you have things to share and we all have things to share. So I almost feel like it was a fake it till you make it mentality. Mm -hmm. Like maybe in the beginning I acted more confident than I was, but now I really am that confident. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost a practice in learning to be confident Hmm. because if I put something out there, And so I get negative feedback, which I'm really lucky. Generally, I usually don't. Mm -hmm. I'm totally okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I I wish that it could be taught how to be okay with it. There's a lot of people who who don't have that kind of confidence. And it's not something that can be taught necessarily, but there are. It needs to be practiced. It needs to be practiced. That's why I'm saying it's a fake it till you make it kind of thing is doing affirmations and that kind of thing, learning and growing and figuring out your strengths, like, it's hard to do at first, but Mm -hmm. you just need to do it. Yeah. Tell yourself your rule because we all rule. We all have such special different gifts and trying to make yourself like anyone else doesn't Mm -hmm. work. And let's be honest, we all know I'm a one of a kind. (laughs) Let's be honest. A one of a kind person. (laughs) And everyone else is too. So I think living more authentically has helped me. The more I've done that, and we talk about this in episode one, Mm -hmm. the more that I have let my true self, who I really am out, the more I've been able to make real and genuine connections with other people. And it's kind of like perpetuated on itself. Amen. So do there you we, have it. Do you think that we can do only one more? Is we only possible? have one more question. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Look at us wrapping up. Oh, no, we have two, but they're good. So we'll both okay. do both. Okay. All right, what? This is a quick one. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite family vacation? Hawaii. Ha- Ooh. I say any family vacation. Okay. That's and all. Uh, anything with my family and anything. I answered so specifically because we've asked our kids of oh, all and the that places was that favorite. we've been. Uh-huh. And so my answer is going to be a Higgins family answer, not a Becky answer, because I agree with you. Like, right. I just like family time. I just Yeah, like I to, could be anywhere. I could be anywhere. It doesn't yeah. matter. And just being with my family, even if they're grumpy, even if they're fighting, even if we're together. Yeah, yeah, we're together. And, like, that's what family memories are made of. That's what families right. are made of. But my family does collectively, every single one of us, we love the islands of Hawaii. Um. I want to take, I have, we took our kids there when they were really young, so they Uh don't remember, but we're actually looking at taking them again. Another, Um, another trip that actually I really have liked, um, is we have taken our kids on a few cruises, Mm -hmm. which you guys, I'll do an Instagram story (laughs) about this at some point, but like we have taken our family of six on a cruise. We did not have to fly to, we drove like 10 hours to get there and it was less than $3,000 for the entire week for our entire family of six Everything in the Caribbean. Yeah. So they there is a very real thing with cruises that there's no cell phone coverage. Like it's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing mm-hmm. and you can do it very, very, very inexpensively. And it's safe and everything is just ready for it's you. Awesome. You don't have to so think my, about So my kids prep. would probably say yeah, cruises. cruises. Yeah. Anything they can have access to free ice cream. Obviously. Is pretty much their jam. Duh. But I'm up for anything, All as right. you can tell. Last question. Last question. All right. You both seem really accomplished and self-disciplined. Oh. Well, oh. thank you. Oh. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> what is a bad habit or weakness you were able to change or overcome, and Ooh. how did you do it? In other words, what change have you made in your life that has made a big impact? Okay. I have one. Good. I didn't think about this in advance, but I've got, I've got the knee-jerk reaction. Do you want to go first? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I've mentioned this once or twice before, mm-hmm. so that's probably why it's top of mind, but I'm telling you, it, it has really helped. So we talk about accomplishment. We talk about self-discipline. We're talking about breaking bad habits or weaknesses. I mean, that's really what this person's question is about. And all of those have come into full fruition and looked a little prettier in my life when I made the decision to not work on Sundays. Oh, good one. And I'm not saying that I was working all the time on Sundays. It right. wasn't like that. But if you run a business, and especially if you work from home, which right. I was at the beginning and I am now again, of course, right. but um, th- there's a slippery slope that happens. And it's real easy to justify certain things. Mm-hmm. But I have learned, especially over the past, well, several years now, I can't even say couple or few. Right. It's been several years I've really implemented this, where I've decided that from a very black and white standpoint, I would set aside what is the Sabbath day. And I would truly do my best to honor the Sabbath day. Right. And I would do that by 
by putting aside the cares of the world, mm-hmm. by putting aside the work, by putting aside those things which are important. Right. But I wanted to show God that he is first mm-hmm. and that my faith is the most important and my family is the most important. And I would block Sundays off completely. And I right. still do to just not work, to not think about it yeah. and to just truly be present with those who I am with, which is more than just my family on Sunday sometimes right. because we go to church every Sunday right. and friends and we're trying to serve people in our community and right. whatever it might be. So that's my answer. That's awesome. Not really. I'm not saying it's awesome, but I'm just answering. No, it's good though. The Sabbath day, Sundays, and whether you're religious or not, Sundays are such a gift and really receiving them as a gift because yes. we're given this gift of like rest and, mm-hmm. and that time break. to recoup and spend time yeah. with your family. And it, it is such a gift. And it makes you a more balanced person. And yeah. I, I'm going back to the root of what she's even asking because she's talking about accomplishment and self-discipline. I feel like if I had a slippery slope and still snuck in the work here on there on Sundays mm-hmm. or whatever, I really don't think that I would be as self-disciplined. I don't think I would have as much confidence in myself to be able to restrain because I, right. I like to work. I actually yeah. really like it's, my work. I know. Your work is your hobby. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is both of it. And it's hard work, but it's still my work. I still mm-hmm. enjoy it. And anyway, yeah. Okay. Well, that is a great answer. So you are also self-disciplined. So, Becky well, thank you. <laughs> um, I would not characterize myself. I wouldn't say my like crowning characteristics are accomplished and self-disciplined. Hmm. Um, although I really am an mm-hmm. accomplished and self-disciplined person. So the first thing I would say is change your expectation of what it means to be accomplished. Mm. Right? What mm-hmm. does it mean to be accomplished? So maybe change that expectations because I have gotten into patterns in my life where I'm like, oh, I could be doing this or look what this person's doing and could I do something like that? And am Mm -hmm. I not living up to my potential? And it took a lot of thought work to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing and just doing, doing me better than anyone else. I'm the only one that can be me, right? There is one habit though that I got into that was really not, that really did not serve me well. Mm. Um, when I was in the phase of life where I had young kids, preschool, you know, half day preschool messes up your day. Oh, it sure does. Um, you know, all the things like that, having babies, whatever. I got into a habit of when my kids were down for nap, like watching TV, uh, like my recorded DVR shows sure. or Netflix shows or whatever. Sure. And not that that was a horrible thing to take a rest, but I got like really into TV mm-hmm. and TV became a thing for me. I enjoy TV. I love watching a show at the end sure. of the day, but it almost became in that time, like a, just a bad habit of like kids are in bed. What can I watch on TV? Mm-hmm. And I got into this default mode with TV and it just didn't serve me. I wasn't super happy. I didn't feel accomplished. And it was just not a good habit for me to be in. And so, God, years ago, um, my husband and I were on a trip somewhere. I tagged along on a business trip. And I was like, I have got to cancel the cable. And he's like, what are you talking about? Because he's not a huge TV watcher. I'm like, I am watching way too much TV. Like, if I'm spending an hour or two hours a day watching TV. At least. That was not good. Like, it was really not good. And so... Changing my habits with television has been life-changing for me. That's so And now there will be days and, like, weeks even that I don't even watch TV Mm because I just don't. I don't have time. I keep myself busy with Mm -hmm. other things. Mm -hmm. But that time when I was using TV as a crutch in the middle of the day, not a shining moment for me. So, and it's not inherently bad. I'm glad you disclaimed that. It's It's not that. But you recognize for yourself that you weren't exactly It wasn't serving me. Yeah. I was. I, was I mean, say, honestly, forget my contribution to the world. Yes. It wasn't making me feel good. That's more important. And, right. and really, yeah. that's why I changed. But it helped me to be more productive I love in that. the world around me. Very so cool. there you have it. Holy cow. These are good questions. Good questions, guys. Man. And there actually were a bunch more that we didn't have time to get to. Yeah. But we'll have to do an episode like this yeah. again. Well, and what's really helpful to us, and sometimes we'll ask on social media, is you guys telling us what you want to hear about is is going to help to steer the conversation around here as we talk about all these ways to cultivate a good life. We don't have all the answers. We're not the end-all, be-all example of, like, the way everyone should be. Of course, you guys know this. But we sure love hearing from others. We sure love learning from others. We sure love sharing um, experiences and knowledges. Knowledges? Knowledges. (laughs) At the moment, Becky's writing on herself with markers. I accidentally wrote on myself. Don't don't worry about it, guys. Stop. So what we're going to do at this point is we're going to sign off, but not before... We thank our awesome sponsor. The Prism app is incredible. Go and check it's it out. Free, you guys. It is free, and we want you to check it out. It's it's kind of a social app, but like we said, it's really kind of focused on storytelling, but doing it in a way that you feel like you've got control. You don't have to worry about how many likes right. and algorithms and things like that. But mm-hmm. just go download it, check it out, or go to prism.com and remember it's P R I X M. So that's how you spell it. And since we're friends here, can yeah. I ask you guys to what? do a favor? What Seriously, we would love. 
feedback. We would love um, for you to leave a review on iTunes. Oh, please do. We would love you to do that because like yeah. like Becky said, it really helps us to steer and gauge what's connecting with you guys to help you guys cultivate the best life. So follow us at Becky Proudfit on Instagram and at Becky Higgins. LLC. We love to interact at Becky Higgins LLC LLC's on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and leaving a review just so you guys know because we know if you're listening and most of you are loyal listeners, like you will yeah. not skip an episode and we appreciate that so much. But when you so share much. about it, when you leave a review on iTunes, it actually boosts our visibility in front of other people who we would love to have know about the podcast. Right. So do, sharing is caring. Yeah. If you if you see an episode that might connect with a friend, let them know. Share it on social media. Just let them know. Yeah, and if you do stories like we do because we love the stories love those on stories. Instagram when you do that. Make sure that you're tagging us in the stories because that's how we'll see them and then we like to share some of those once in a while. It's so fun. I love it. Love Thanks it. for being here, guys. We sure love you and you we are sure thankful that you're showing up every week and spending a little bit of time with us. So we hope through this episode you got to know us a little bit better. And, and hopefully you're feeling a little inspired on little ways Little ideas. To, things that have been successful yes, for us and, and our families. And ways to cultivate a good life. Perfect right. ending. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye. you could see every time that she winks at me a lot i wink w- a lot there's a winking situation do you like my winking i do like your winking it's cute it's the most exaggerated winking i've ever seen because i'm a winker sometimes how do you wink i feel like if you don't wink exaggerated it's like a little sexy right like so that. that's why i'm saying i actually like the way that you wink because yeah. it's exaggerated i'm not trying to seduce you i'm just trying to <laughs> say hello say hey what's up girlfriend hey i got you that's, that's what right. the wink always says to me yes i, I got, got you, you. Mm-hmm. i got you Correct. and sometimes the wink means do you have me do you get me? Do you understand what I just Do you said? Hear and see me. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's literally what I feel from. It's from really the weeks. quite an astute observation, Rebecca. Thank you. Also, Rebecca with two C's. It's true. <laughs> <laughs>